0: Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with you as always. In today's show, I'll be recapping the top 20 wide receivers from fantasy football in 2022. Of course, this is part three of the positional recap series of the show, which we do annually after each fantasy season to try to figure out. Which guys did the best? Which guys didn't do so hot? Mostly we're focusing on the guys who did the best today and their fantasy outlooks for 2023. So the leaders will exclude week 18, as we always do. Should be a great show. Be sure you're subscribed, of course. You always want to be subscribed. Follow on Twitter at SGFpod, at Calvin underscore SGF, second fantasy at gmail.com is where you can send your fantasy questions. And we're going to jump right into it. Hope you all having a good Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever you're listening to this episode should be an excellent one today. So let's get it started. Wide receiver leaders, the top 20 from last year. The wide receiver one on the season was, in fact, Justin Jefferson. 16 games fully, 18.7 fantasy points per game. And he was actually, a lot of people's projected wide receiver one ahead of Cooper Cup, which was interesting. And I feel like a lot of people didn't necessarily have the right process for that projection because it's kind of just saying, oh, Cooper Cup finished wide receiver one last year, so he can't again. Like, that's not good process. It's very unlikely for any individual receiver to finish as a wide receiver one. But it turned out that Jefferson did it. He barely out-averaged Cup. Cup was, of course, injured in some games. So it was very close between them. But Jefferson had a monster season. He should be the wide receiver one off the board next year. But the question is for Justin Jefferson, who of course is on the Minnesota Vikings. Do you take him early in the first round? And if so, how early? Because... Uh, We've definitely seen a lot of running backs get injured in recent years. It feels like the shift might be going away and instead going a zero RB strategy and picking Justin Jefferson a number three overall, a number four overall, number two overall. I bet we could see that a lot next year. I feel like that's going to be a little bit early for me, but at the same time, it feels like Justin Jefferson is worthy of a top six pick in a fantasy draft next year, just because he's so young. He's on the rise. He had his best season of his career last year. And as long as he's hooked up with Kirk Cousins and this Vikings offense, I think he should be perfectly fine and incredible and really going to have a really good chance. Like He feels like almost a lock to be a top three receiver or repeat again next year. That's how good he's been. He had great numbers, didn't even have that many touchdowns. He had nine total touchdowns and still put up over 1,800 yards, 184 targets. That is sustainable. He's only 23 years old. He will be great for years to come. The wide receiver two, I want to toot my own horn here a little bit. It's Tyreek Hill. Preseason, one of my best takes was that Tyreek Hill, who was being ranked as a borderline top 10 wide receiver, would jump into the top five next year and potentially be even better with Tua Tagovailoa than he was with Patrick Mahomes, which arguably he was. 17.4 fantasy points per game, played all 16 games. His targets went up, which was very interesting. Another one of the predictions that I had that was that he'd get a lot of short and medium targets and that they would go up and his consistency would go up. He definitely got a lot of deep targets as well maybe more than i expected but overall Tyreek Hill's shift to miami was fantastic he's of course 29 years old getting up there in age but i still think absolutely worthy of a top five probably even a top three wide receiver pick next year or maybe maybe like top four if you're saying like jefferson chase and then cup are ahead of him i can I'm, uh, somewhat understand that but i mean tyree kill outplayed jamar chase significantly this year so it's going to be interesting to discuss his fantasy value for next year Next tier of guys, wide receiver three was Devontae Adams, four was Diggs, five was AJ Brown, six was CD Lamb. We'll start with Devontae Adams, 17.2 fantasy points per game. He was right close to Tyreek Hill. His status is a little murky, though. If he gets Aaron Rodgers into Vegas, then potentially Devontae Adams could be the wide receiver one overall next year and come back into that spot. Without Derek Carr, though, it's a little murky. And again, if with Jarrett Stidham, I think Devontae Adams' value takes a hit. Although I don't think it takes that much of a hit because what we saw this year was Devonte Adams, not really drop off that much, even with the downgrade from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. Now De- Derek Carr, of course, still a serviceable QB Adams definitely had, he had 14 touchdowns. It's a lot of scores to get for a wide receiver, but also 180 targets. I feel like we're still going to see a lot of good production out of Devonte Adams, no matter what QB he has, he'll still be a wide receiver one and easily. So, so I'm not too worried overall. I think he could end up being a value if he ends up having a bad quarterback at the helm, but a great C. Season for him. Stefan Diggs, wide receiver four. I think we know what he is. He's consistently a top six wide receiver every year. Continue to go for him. He's connected to Josh Allen. Looks great. A.J. Brown, he had a nice resurgent season, stayed on the field healthy and played great alongside Devontae Smith. And as long as Jalen Hurts is sticking around there in Philly, which he will be for at least one more season and likely longer if they get him locked up, A.J. Brown will have an incredible year. He's always so great at breaking tackles in the secondary, having massive games. He had an 181 yards, 16 target game against the Bears this season. He goes crazy. He will be at the top of drafts again. Same with CD Lamb, the wide receiver six. He stepped into the wide receiver one role for the Cowboys and played really, really well. Had really his big breakout season. People who were taking him at the wide receiver six ended up actually getting him at cost. I was a bit of a CD Lamb non-truther. I faded him a little bit, but he turned out to be great for you as well. The wide receiver seven. This was also interesting and not one I necessarily expected. Jalen Waddle was the wide receiver seven on the year. I didn't expect both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to put up top seven numbers, but they did. And I think because that happened, it can happen again next year. There's not many changes in this Dolphins offense coming around. These guys are the two top dogs at receiver. And Tua Tagovailoa will be healthy again. And at least for the time being, be able to throw the ball to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell in spades. Wide receiver eight, he didn't actually end up seeing much fall off at all. It was Amon Ross St. Brown. Despite the returns of all these pass catchers, despite the addition of Jamison Williams to the Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown is still their top guy. He's got a connection with Jared Goff, and he's worthy of going in that wide receiver one range for the foreseeable future. The wide receiver nine on the year. This guy is interesting. He gets a little more nebulous here. It's Amari Cooper, of course, went to the Browns in the offseason to pair up with Deshaun Watson, had some big volume. And at the end of the year, when Watson came in, he, he didn't do too great. He had really one big game against the Commanders with a couple touchdowns, played well against the uh, Saints as well. But other than that, had some duds. He was starting to try to get a connection with Watson. Of course, Watson didn't end up throwing the ball that much. I think that gets better next year. And I do like the potential for an Amari Cooper connection with Deshaun Watson. Nonetheless, I still see him as probably you can take him as a front-end wide receiver, too, with upside or maybe maybe a back-end wide receiver, one. He's just it's it's gonna i mean i think the production with jacoby Brissett speaks for itself that it will be good next year and he stayed on the field a lot as well the wide receiver 10 that was Devonte Smith, two top 10 pass catchers for the Eagles as well. Smith at 24 years old really had his breakout season. And I think he was a guy a lot of people forgot about. I was a Devontae Smith breakout truther for a while. I kind of faded him a little bit with A.J. Brown coming in there. But turns out Philly can support two elite pass catchers. And a lot of that was because of Jalen Hurts' incredible surge at quarterback, which not a lot of people expected. But Devontae Smith was great. He will continue to be in that range next year. Mike Evans at the wide receiver 11, then T Higgins at 12, Tyler Lockett at 13, Christian Kirk at 14 and Brandon Ayuk at 15. We'll start with Evans. He missed one game. averaged 12.5 fantasy points per game, though. And I mean, at 29 years old, he got another a thousand yard season. What is this like his eighth or ninth in a row? Something crazy like that. Only six touchdowns, though, three of them in his week 17 game against Carolina, which limited him just a little bit and actually more than a little bit. That one game actually really inflated his statistics a lot. Come to think of it with Brady gone, his future is uncertain. It's hard to take Mike Evans, in my opinion, at anything above a wide receiver, too, unless the Buccaneers get some sort of elite QB prospect. But playing themselves into the playoffs, they kind of played their way out of those elite prospects. So I'm a little scared for Mike Evans next year. I still think he finds a way to get a thousand yards but could be a lot of production like we saw for most of this season, which was kind of mediocre. T Higgins, the wide receiver, 12. He missed two games, averaged 13.2 fantasy points per game. That's now three different offenses that have supported two top 12 wide receivers. I think we can confirm that he is still going to be great. And he was actually pretty consistent in terms of targets. When he was on the field, had below six targets just twice. Like, I mean, that's very, very consistent numbers for a wide receiver, two in an offense. And that's what we like to see. Tyler Lockett at the wide receiver 13. They wrote off Geno Smith, but he didn't write back, and neither did Tyler Lockett at age 30. He was great this year, over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. I think he's going to be establishing himself now as one of the top dogs alongside DK Metcalf. He outplayed DK Metcalf this year just by a little bit in fantasy. I would go with Lockett over Metcalf in drafts in the future, although it's very close. Both of these guys establishing themselves as wide receiver twos for the future the wide receiver 14 on the year. This was a fun little breakout. Christian Kirk had a very, very good season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kirk's future is going to be a little more nebulous as well. He might drop to the back end wide receiver two range because Jacksonville is getting back Calvin Ridley this year. And we don't know how much of a stud he is, but Christian Kirk found he could handle a wide receiver one role, which might've surprised some people. He got paid a lot of money and it turned out to be worth it. 133 targets really came into his own with Trevor Lawrence and him being tied to a good young QB is going to help him for years to come. The wide receiver 15 on the year was Brandon Ayuk, and he definitely benefited from injuries to like Debo Samuel, for example, at times. With all of the guys healthy and on the field, he had some decent games, but wasn't that incredible. Like I think with Brock Purdy, he'll be supported to back end wide receiver two levels and potentially, though, could be a value in fantasy drafts if one of those big pass catchers for the 49ers goes down, as he did finish pretty highly in fantasy this year. The wide receiver 16, this guy mi- missed four games, but it's Jamar Chase. He had a good season. He had just 15 fantasy points per game, which is actually kind of low for compared to what we expected from him. But, of course, to be fair, he dealt with the injury. He dealt with one scoreless week against Buffalo where he was barely active. And so that definitely hampered his average a little bit, but he had some big weeks for sure. I think we can still expect him to go off the board, the top six, top five of fantasy drafts this year, especially given his back to back wide receiver one overall finishes in week six and week seven. He is as talented as ever. Wide receiver 17, DK Metcalf, played all 16 games, 11 fantasy points per game. Again, same story with Tyler Lockett for the most part. Metcalf came into his own a little bit, had 141 targets, which was interesting to see. It's good to see him get back involved. He just hasn't been super efficient with his targets. Oftentimes had a lot of games where he got thrown to a lot and didn't have that great of a fantasy finish. Had a lot of them where he finished outside of the top 30 occasionally, and uh, but he would have some big weeks as well. And had a couple, had three weeks inside the top 10 for fantasy football, although no week above number seven. So his upside seemingly is capped compared to how it was in previous years. The next wide receiver, wide receiver 18, Terry McLaurin. This is a guy I'm very excited for. I'm not going to say like there should be, there's going to be a Terry McLaurin breakout for sure. Like, oh, he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver, because the team with Washington also has Jahan Dotson. But it looks like they're trending upward. They do potentially have an option at QB, fingers crossed, with Sam Howell. And Terry McLaurin looked to have a great connection with Sam Howell in the week 18 matchup. He didn't throw, Howell didn't throw that much, but McLaurin was still a top 10 wide receiver in that game. I think Dotson is really coming into his own and may rival McLaurin in production, which means that he might not be too crazy. But then again, I think he can still be a wide receiver one, because like we saw with all of these great offenses, if you have a pass heavy offense, they can support two great fantasy receivers. I think that's what one of the lessons that we found this year from fantasy football, the wide receiver 19 on the year, DJ Moore. I mean, this feels like where he sits every single year being held back by quarterback play. 888 receiving yards, he did have seven touchdowns, though, which was a little bit more than he usually has. He's going to probably be in this range for a while unless he sees a big quarterback upgrade in the near future. And the wide receiver 20, Chris Godwin. It's kind of like a Mike Evans situation. He's hard to trust. Might be a little more consistent with a different QB, but of course... We don't know what's going to happen without Tom Brady. Will Kyle Trask be able to support these two receivers? We don't really know if Chris Godwin will get 142 targets like he got last year. Both him and Evans sit in the mid to back end wide receiver two range for me next year at the moment. So that wraps up the episode. Interestingly, Cooper Cup was the wide receiver 21. He only played nine games, but was fantastic even with a horrific QB situation. So he should go at the top of drafts for sure. But that wraps up the episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Be sure to, of course, send your questions on Twitter at Calvin underscore Yeah fantasy questions to Fantasy at gmail.com. Those are your top 20 receivers. Next week, it's tight ends, and that wraps up the positional recap shows after that. But this was part three. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you all have a great week, and I will see you next time.